We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, man? We already lost the sound panel. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the LakersNation.com post post game show. I'm your host, Sean Davis. Sean Spaces Davis. We gotta, you know, bring that back. Um, it was not a fun night. This was, you know, one of the first times probably since the 2020-21 season, like our 21-22 season, where basketball was legitimately not fun. Um it was it just wasn't a really a fun game tonight like there was nothing really fun about it and even like when the lakers have off nights uh like i could be mad about it or whatever but i'm not gonna lie i just have like no emotion attached to this game um should have been a win i mean i mean yeah you give up 129 points to the san antonio spurs you let devin vassell just walk all over you and you know, kudos to kudos to the uh, to the Spurs. I mean, Devin Vassell is he was he was one of my breakout guys to start off the season, and you know, it was, it, it was fun. I mean, I, I guess to to see Devin Vassell, you know, play well, and he has been playing well. I, I thought the Lakers did a fairly fine job actually guarding Wemby for the most part, um, but. Yeah, man, like you, you just can't do what the Lakers did tonight defensively. I mean, Seti Osman just randomly drops 15. Zach Collins, 16 points off the bench. You let Doug McDermott a few threes. The Lakers, I felt like, were in zone a ton this game. They're, the Lakers spent – the Lakers had 34 possessions – this game in zone defense. That is, I want to say that might be the most, uh, that might, that might be the most zone the Lakers have ran in a single game in the Darvin Ham era. Like that doesn't even make sense. Right. Um, let me see. Can I do like, a, can I get a game breakdown? I can't. Huh? Wait. Okay. We can see for this season for sure. So that's the offense. I want to see the defense. 40, I'm sorry, 43 possessions of zone defense tonight. 43, that's got to be the most of the season, right? 
The second highest is 2017 against Orlando, and then nothing in the preseason. So this was the most zone the Lakers ran all season by a lot. Um, I thought there were moments where it was really, really good, right? I think in the second quarter in particular, if I recall correctly, I, I want to say the zone was pretty successful. Yeah, you held the. I mean, the defense in general just wasn't good. Um, you gave up 1.125 uh, points per possession in your half-court man-to-man uh, defense against the uh, against the Spurs in the second quarter. And then in the in the second quarter, your zone defense only gave up one point per possession. Reason why the Lakers made that comeback in the second quarter is because their offense went like berserk. 1.5 points per possession for from the offense in the second quarter, which is ridiculous. I mean, we, we, we just, we just should have knew, known that that just wasn't sustainable at all. They go back to the zone in the third quarter. In the third, actually, they didn't even run it as much. They go back to their man-to-man defense, which their man was really, really good. It was the zone that killed them in the, in the third quarter. San Antonio did a much better job. And then I want to say the Lakers try to go back to it again, the fourth and the results were a little bit better, but the most zone we've seen all night. Uh, let's, let's take a look at some of the box score stats for the Lakers. I mean, Max Christie with probably the worst performance in his young NBA career, LeBron 23, seven and 14, Austin 22, five and seven. Torian Prince continuing just solid play, 12 points, three rebounds. Jackson Hayes, eight and seven. Max Christie, two points, one to six shooting. Only took one three tonight. And then the bench, Rui Achimura, welcome back. 20 points off the bench, 34 minutes of play tonight, five rebounds. He didn't hit the three well tonight. but uh, And then Christian Wood, uh, he had 17 points. Could have had more points if he, if he didn't miss. His first five free throw attempts tonight, he went 17. He had 17 points, eight rebounds in roughly 30 minutes of play. Let's take a look and see where this Lakers team is at on the year now. Uh, Once again, their ball screen attack continues. Well, we didn't check out the game. We got to take a look and see where they rank for the game. So play types, the Lakers, we want the whole game. The Lakers offense. Was not the problem. The Lakers offense really hasn't been the problem the past three games. Basically, since Indiana, the Lakers offense has been just fine. Like 115 points is more than enough to win you a basketball game. It's really the the Lakers defense. It, it is haven't played well since that Indiana game. You give up 127 in Dallas, 119, I want to say, to San Antonio the other night, and then 129 tonight. So the defense has to get it back going. Um, man, the ball screen attack was Awful tonight for the Lakers. 0.66 points per possession tonight for the Lakers. Ball screen offense. That's awful if you didn't know how uh, points per possession work. the I mean, and a large part of that, obviously, is because that AD didn't play, right? But um, it just his his gravity as a, as a lob threat really does impact this Lakers team. And uh, But the rest of the, the Lakers – Offensive attack was pretty efficient tonight. 0.9 points per possession on on spot up attempts, 1.5 points per possession on on off screen stuff, 
The Lakers' one-on-one attack tonight was spectacular. Uh, 1.5 points per possession on ISO attacks and then on post-up attacks. They were 1.769 points per possession on post-ups tonight. Oh, man. Great job. Uh, Oh, now it's 80 to play. No, I was saying the Lakers' pick-and-roll attack specifically was bad tonight because Anthony Davis didn't play. Not the Lakers were bad because AD didn't play. The Lakers' ball screen attack was bad because of Anthony Davis not playing. Thank you. All right. Let's see where this uh where we are at on the season now. The Lakers, in terms of efficiency out of ball screens, they're still smack dab in the middle, 15th in the NBA in terms of efficiency. Get, I mean, I, I presume, can I filter that out to days? Like games? Like, can we filter this? Looks like I can't on synergy. But um, and then if you go to their isolate, I mean the Lakers post up offense is so good. They, they they got the fifth best post offense in the NBA in terms of points per possession. If you look at the Lakers offense, I mean post up offense in terms of their what do we fill out? Uh, in terms of effective field goal percentage. This is the ninth best. I mean, they're 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 post up offense. Like they gotta lean in this more. I think it's LeBron. It's AD. Obviously, they're top ten in usage, top five in efficiency. I mean, it it, it makes it makes a bunch of sense. You go to specific individual player breakdown stuff. Again, going back to the ball screen stuff. LeBron's ball screens is you know they're, they're good. Seventy four percentile in terms of of, of ball screens. Uh, in terms of you know how efficient the Lakers' offense is when the ball is in his hands in the pick and roll, you know that's really good. Austin's efficiency has really skyrocketed. He's now in the 62nd percentile in terms of the Lakers' offensive efficiency when he has the ball in his hands, and the D-Lo is 65, uh, 65th percentile. So the Lakers are gradually like really, really improving this category. I remember. Earlier in the season, when uh, when Austin Reeves, like, this number was awful, right? He was turning the ball over like crazy out of ball screens. It was kind of just D'Lo and a couple other people, D'Lo and Braun essentially, but Austin making that turnaround. LeBron ISO attack being really good. AD's ISO attack with him as the you know facilitator or you know score has been great. And then you got LeBron and AD as uh, post-up initiators as well, which is spectacular. Uh, Sean, we we just listen. We just got beat. Enough said. Y- yeah, I'm 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 so confused by the uh, the premise of of the comments. Uh, yeah, Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes was bad. I mean, I think Jackson Hayes played 18 minutes at five fouls. So. He he's just not a good. I, I think tonight proved like very obviously, right? That um, the Lakers need to back up big. I know Trevor was, was sifting through a little bit here on the uh, on the Lakers Station live show, right? But um, we we need to back up big. I think I think tonight kind of showed that just just for when you know AD has to miss a game or just to help 
LeBron, uh, AD and LeBron out. I think you need another big on this team. And yeah, man, it was it was a pretty frustrating night. Max Christie wasn't good, I think, at all. Like, we got to stop the on-ball Max Christie experience. Like, can we – I get it. There wasn't a ton of, you know, opportunities for anybody else. Like, you didn't have nobody else really to take some of the on-ball reps. But please, can we stop with the Max Christie on-ball, on ball, like, reps, please? Just take them away. Make him an off-ball player, like a catch-and-shoot guy. A uh, Make him a – uh, off-screen guy, right? Like, 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 make him that, right? I, I just don't understand. Like, why is he a playmaking wing? That's his offensive role per synergy, right? Why for what, right? And synergy's definition for playmaking wing is playmaking wing scepter teammates to score more than other wings. Why is that his role? Why is that his role, right? But if you go back to college, you go back to his college days, right? Oh, that's so annoying. I have to do this, do it this way. You go back to his college days at Michigan State, right? You pull up this. Oh, wow. He was a dynamic shooting wing. Dynamic shooting wings try to score by using off-ball screens, handoffs, and dribble jumpers. That is Max Christie. I don't understand it, right? And then if you go to, he, he had very limited ball screen reps at Michigan State. And guess what? He wasn't good at it, right? But you, if you went, if you go back and watch Max Christie tape from Michigan State, he was a legitimately really good off-screen guy, right? He only shot 31% on off-screen threes, right? But on off-screen jumpers, right? And he shot 55% on off-screen twos, right? Why are the Lakers not leaning into this more? Why? Why are we? And I, I'm not saying like you gotta like draw up like extensive offensive possessions for Max Christie. What I am saying is take the offensive possessions you're giving him as a ball screen guy and reallocate those to uh and reallocate those to using Max, Max Christie as a off screen guy as a spot up guy. Like that makes or like as a cutter, he's a really good cutter, and that's when he is a good finisher. He is not a good finisher if you ask him to have the ball in his hands. He has to, you know, go create for himself, right? But off screen stuff or away from the ball action, and he's a cutter. Hell yeah. But not this, not this man. Oh uh, man. Uh, oh, comment here says, why don't we run plays to benefit our players, SMH? We keep running plays that do nothing. The only play I see works are pick and rolls. Well, I, I will just say this. The, the Lakers offense in general and the NBA in general, right, is a very ball screen oriented league, right? That's just the fact of the matter, right? It's a very ball screen dominated league, right? And this is a great, great comment to, to talk about, right? But it's a very, the NBA is a very pick and roll dominated league to where even the offense is where you're like, oh my goodness, look at all the ball movement and the yada, yada, right? It's like, 
the Golden State Warriors come to mind. The Sacramento Kings come to mind. The the the, uh, the the Denver Nuggets come to mind. Maybe a couple other teams come to mind, right? But you look at these teams, and like the Indiana Pacers are the number one team in the NBA, right? In terms of you know ball screen usage, and what this means is, so the Pacers, for example have 43, we're going to round up for, you know, simplicity here, 44 possessions a game. The Pacers are going to get a, a made shot, a missed shot, a foul, or a turnover out of a ball screen, whether it's for the for the ball handler, for the, the, the roll man, whether it's pick and pop, or as a lob threat, whatever, or it's like a kick out or like a to a, a shooter or to a cutter, anything like that, the Pacers are number one in the NBA. 44 times the game rounding up. The Lakers are ninth and are ninth and 39 point times the game. Right? Even the lowest team in the NBA, which is the Denver Nuggets. Jeez, that's not even that lot. They're at 26.7, so 27 times a game. Okay. The Kings are second. Uh, the Kings and the Suns and the Warriors are all bunched up together around 30, 30.1, 30.1, 31.2. One, the Warriors actually aren't that good at it this year, but I think this is important because even though the, the Nuggets are dead last in, in terms of ball screen offense, the Nuggets, that still makes up for 24, roughly a quarter of their offense, right? So even if you don't run ball screens at all, that still makes up for a quarter of your offense. And that's just in that, – that's not that's including transition offense. So uh, let, let, let's go to the Nuggets really quickly. The Nuggets, okay, they, they don't run in transition all a bunch either, but 15, 16% of their offense comes to transition. Okay. 16% of their offense comes to transition. So that means that 25% out of what 84% of their offense or whatever, right? So hold on, wait, 25. So that's now effectively. 30% of their half-court offense is going to that, right? And if you add up in the half-court, pick and rolls, ISO attack, and post-up attack, 12, 7, 19, 24, 45% of their offense is coming out of a ball screen or is coming out of a ball screen, post-up, or ISO, okay? That's, that, that's important. Right, so those are the three most important play types in basketball right now. So that's why you that's why you see a bunch of ball screen stuff. And for one, the Lakers the Lakers ball screen offense is pretty good, right? They they have a bunch of great stuff. They have a bunch of of great sets. Their post up actions are are also really really good and creative. I I like a lot of their stuff that they do run. So. I'm not I'm not complaining a ton about the Lakers offense being ball screen heavy. Cause why why wouldn't I want it to be ball screen heavy when you have LeBron James and you have Anthony Davis on your team? You know what I mean? Like just makes sense to me. So let's let, let let's get into let's get into the, the, the upcoming matchup. Uh Huh. 
Charles says, Sean, when lengthening or widening the court change or evolve this boring pick and roll stuff, like what? Boring how? Because I think that 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 might, you know, affect my answer. But like widening the court, all that does is just provides you with more spacing. If that makes sense. Like if I make the court wider, like, I don't know. So if you could further elaborate, because that that does sound like an interesting question. What would I, what what do you think could improve our offense? I think there's a couple of things. One, and let, let's pull up some cleaning the glass data here. I think one right now the Lakers aren't a bad offense technically, right? Because yeah, in offensive rating they're not that great, right? But offensive rating calculates. A bunch of other stuff too. Um, offensive rating factors in for the turnovers and like offensive rebounds and things of that nature, right? Which the Lakers have had games where they really do struggle at taking care of the ball. And the Lakers aren't a good offensive rebounding team, right? So that's why when you look at offensive rating and you see the Lakers uh, in offensive rating, the Lakers are 21st, right? But if you look at True shooting percentage, the Lakers are 11th. They're 11th in true shooting percentage, right? So, and let's, I mean, true. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, true shooting percentage calculates shooting, uh, free throw percentage, three point percentage. Uh, hold on here. Where is it at? Where is it at? Okay, so offensive rating produced points produced per 100 possessions, sure, right? But true shooting percentage. The formula is points, true shooting percentage is a measure of shooting efficiency that takes into account field goals, three-point field goals, and free throws. So the Lakers, who are a really, really good free throw shooting team, or or, or a team at getting to the free throw line, that is, they're going to be really, really good. Now, effective field goal percentage are ninth. So the Lakers on the year are ninth in effective field goal percentage and 11th in turnover percentage. I mean, a true shooting percentage, right? But this is the second worst offensive rebounding team in the league. 
So that that and some turnover stuff. The Lakers turn over the ball. They're middle of the pack, slightly below average in terms of turnover percentage, right? So for one, for one, I think the Lakers are fine, right? I think the Lakers offense isn't something I'm overwhelmingly concerned about. They're not going to score a bunch of points, right? But they're efficient. When they do shoot, when they do take shots, they are efficient. And I think that's a good thing. But I do think there are a couple of things that they can improve upon offensively. And that is, number one, I think there are still too many moments and games where the Lakers offense just becomes the most stagnant offense in NBA history. And it's just, all right, guys, Anthony Davis is posting up. Let's all watch Anthony Davis. Or, okay, guys, LeBron James is working one-on-one. Let's all sit here and watch. And it's like, no, off-ball movement, off-ball movement, cuts, pin and flares, stuff like that. Right now, there are specific actions that the Lakers will run where the Lakers want the other team to go double. And, and that's why you can you can have some off-ball stuff a little bit more, right? But, and by the way, the Lakers' offense last season in terms of effective field goal, like last season – the offense is something legitimately like to be concerned about. They were 20th in points per possession and I mean points per 100 possession and they were 18th in effective field goal percentage. This year they're 19th in points per possession but 6th in effective field goal percentage, top 10 in free throw rate, right? But I just think that uh that this this team can do a little bit of a better job at, you know, Moving up, moving without the ball in their hands and just continually to move the ball, continuing to move the ball. I think it's funny that the Lakers are the seventh best team in the NBA in terms of above the break threes, but they're the second worst team in the NBA in corner threes. I find that hilarious, right? But I think that th- th- this team, this team is isn't doing themselves a bunch of favors because they are so bad in terms of offensive rebounding percentage and things of that nature. Um, this year's team is leaving a little bit of meat on the bones. Like they last year's team was really pushing it in transition. Last year's team was the second best team in the NBA in terms of uh, points per points per 100 possession to transition off a live ball rebound um, off a live rebound. And they were sixth in frequency this year. They're seventh in frequency, but 17th in points added per 100 possession. So they could be a little bit better in transition, I think. But um, I, and I think the shooting continuing to like balance itself out too is also going to help the Lakers offense. But another thing as well is there are too many games still, right? Where and we're in the middle of a very heated LeBron and and Kobe Bryant debate in the chat. But um, there there are still too many games, maybe, I don't know, once in every five or so games where and maybe that, that number is a little off and maybe it's a little bit more than five, right? But once every so often, we'll just stick with that, the Lakers coaching staff will just no-show in terms of their play calling, right? And that's just unacceptable right like i think I, I can't think there isn't like just one game sticking out to me but there are there, are, there have been games this season where i'm like uh are we just gonna completely not play call correctly are we gonna get just completely 
forget to give our best player the damn ball in the fourth quarter? Are we going to, you know, not attack this particular weakness? So I think that also plays a factor too. But I think at its best, this team can be a top 12 offense, like the pick and roll offense improving, the shooting starting to improve mainly from Torian Prince. Like that's like the biggest improvement. Um, I, I think, I think all that stuff, man. I, so in general, I think the Lakers offense will be fine. I think it'll be fine. Uh, let's see. Let, 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 let's briefly, let, let, we can get ready for the next game really briefly. We don't have like, we have way more time in between now and the first game. Like the game is uh Monday night, right? So we'll, we'll have our preview stuff. We'll, we'll have a bunch of time to get ready for this next game. But this Knicks team is shockingly really, really good in transition. Like, I, I didn't – that would have really stuck out to me. They're the third best team in the NBA in terms of transition offense, in terms of points per possession. You get this team into the half court, though, this team is awful. So, essentially, like, can your, can your transition defense save you and, and not be a, a problem – the Knicks are literally a bottom eight offense in the NBA in terms of half-court offense. The Lakers are middle of the pack in terms of half-court offense, which I think is all you really need from this Lakers team is to be a half is a middle of the pack offense. Um, we're gonna take this comment off now. But I appreciate that that really good uh question there. Um let, let, let's take a look at their big play types. They again transition. Uh, they're about middle of the pack in terms of ball screen offense. They'll post up a little bit. It's going to be Julius Randle. That's a big method of offense for them is Julius Randle stuff. Now, they don't do it a ton. Like, what? how does this team score? It's really just spot-ups and ball screens and transition. So, like, can you defend a ball screen this game? Jalen Brunson, they'll do some inverted ball screen stuff with Julius Randle and Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett. But, like, I'm not all that worried. Uh, defensively, well, we can just check out here. Really quickly, the Lakers' transition defense is dropping. So now the Lakers' transition defense is eight is 18th in the NBA. Uh, if, you, if they get... If the Lakers miss, they're still solid in terms of like off of a live rebound. They're middle of the pack. They're 14th in that department. So that's fairly solid for them. If you're if you're a Lakers fan, uh, I did not want salaries. I want this. Let's look at the, the Knicks team. Uh, let, 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 let's see how they are. Right. Let's see how they are. So this is the eighth best offense in terms of no way. Huh, yeah. Offensive rating, they're 11th. Defensive rating, the Knicks are 12th. 12th. So net rating, they got to be pretty 10th in net rating. Offensive rebounding percentage, they're the best offensive rebounding team in the NBA. So rebounding in general, they're the be this is the best rebounding team in the NBA. Turnover percentage. Uh, they're fairly fine at take care of the ball. Effective field goal percentage. The Knicks are 23rd. True shooting percentage. The Knicks are 
22nd. So it, I mean, already the, the two biggest keys to victory is like, can you rebound the damn basketball and can you just like get back on defense? Right. That is the biggest keys in this game. The Knicks in terms of effective field goal percentage aren't even that great either. Like they're 23rd and they're 20th in terms of offensive effective field goal percentage and opponent effective field goal percentage. But they do a pretty solid job at limiting turnovers. They are pretty solid at forcing turnovers. Um, Really, really good at limiting second chance points, limiting offensive rebounds. They're really, really good defending without fouling too. So the Lakers offense is, might be in a in some trouble. Uh, this team takes the the fifth most catch and shoot. Uh, excuse me. This team takes the fifth most threes from the corner in the NBA. That's that just like seems wild to me. I mean, Emmanuel quickly, Josh Hart, Dante DiVincenzo. Okay, yeah, they're 12th in the NBA in terms of three-point uh, attempts. Oh, yeah, 13th. Uh, yeah, okay. That that kind of makes sense, I guess. Um, they are not taking a bunch of shots at the rim, though. So, yeah, they're not taking a bunch of shots at the rim. They're going to take some threes. And the reason why they aren't taking a lot of shots at the rim, this is the second worst team at finishing at the rim in the NBA. Um and percentage for three point percentage, this is the eighth best or a top 10 crew in terms of three point percentage. So this is a good three point shooting team. They're not a good team at finishing to the rim. So can you you know run these dudes off the line and hopefully AD's back send them to AD and pr- force them to prove that they can make shots over Anthony Davis at the rim. Jalen Brunson is not the best finisher, so can you do that? Transition, I mean, they're okay. They're literally middle of the pack in transition, and that's only because they're good in transition when they force turnovers. If you just miss a shot, the Knicks aren't that good in transition. All right, let's take a look at their defense here. So this Knicks team forces... A ton of mid-range jumpers. Because I'm assuming like that 28.5% would be a good thing. Right? Hold on one sec. So, the Knicks, the Knicks do an okay job. They're about middle of the pack at defending the rim. Or like, you know, not allowing a ton of shots allowed. Not allowing a ton of shots, you know, uh, at at the rim. They're middle of the pack. But the reason why they are middle of the pack is because they suck at you know their their rim their rim defense or defense at the rim isn't that great uh 60 nearly 68 percent allowed at the rim um team shoot 36 percent on them from three the corner three should be a, a weapon against this Knicks team but the Lakers suck in terms of corner three point percentage so that's great the Knicks transition defense is actually pretty good this is a pretty good transition defense in terms of just like points per possession, like they're 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 pretty solid. So um, right now, I, I, I'd have to look at at some of the film, but uh, right now, I don't I don't feel too terribly worried about about this uh, Knicks matchup. But the like you got to rebound, you got to got to take care of the basketball, you got to limit 
their ability to, to get a bunch of extra shots up. But uh, that's going to do it for tonight's show. Appreciate you guys for tuning in here to LakesNation.com post-post-game show. A frustrating loss tonight to the um, – frustrating loss losing to the San Antonio Spurs, once again, 129 or 115. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore D-A-V-I, where you guys can get a, a bunch of access to great content. Uh, I'll have some uh, film breakdown stuff on Twitter, a bunch of stuff there. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Stay safe. Till next time, Go Lake Show. Peace out, everybody. Have a good night. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.